Welcome to Gun Owners of America State of the Second Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee. And I'm John. And today we're talking with Ryan from Rick's Optics. Ryan, how are you today? What's going on, guys? I'm doing good. It's going good. Thanks for, for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's a beautiful day here in Wichita. So can you tell us a little bit about your company and what you all do? Yeah. So Rick's is a brand underneath Visor. And Visor was one of the U.S. distributors for infrared. So we had a lot of thermal handheld monoculars, some night vision, um, but we're kind of putting that aside and focusing on our new brand, Ricks. So we've launched our thermal binos about two years ago. That was our first product. And now we just introduced our new digital daytime night vision and our two thermal scopes, the Leap Series, the L3 and L6. They are the world's first and only continuous zoom magnification thermal. Now, for those optics, what is the, your main clientele, and what's the benefit of having a thermal versus having uh, a traditional scope? Mm, it's for the guys that want to go out shoot things at night, so predators, hogs, coyotes, bobcats, raccoons, things like that. Do some predator control, wildlife management type stuff. You know what I mean? That's awesome. So, obviously, you're very big and involved in the hunting world and with hunting culture. Um, we've seen a lot of attacks recently on hunters um, from the Biden administration. How is that affecting you all? You know, well, I hunt with my kid. So, I mean, it's with their with them taking away. It seems like they're taking away hunters education and and limiting things that we can do or that the kids have access to to do when it comes to hunting and things like that. So, I mean, you know. I grew up hunting. I want to teach my kids how to hunt. They go with me. Um, so watching them take this kind of stuff away, you know, it can go back to like five different conspiracy theories to me on why they're changing this thing. But uh, I, I got no idea why why they're doing it. It's it's I don't know. I feel like there's something bigger fixing a fixing to happen. Yeah, I mean, hunting is a big tradition with most families, and passing that that tradition down is a big, you know, rite of passage for most families from a father to a son or a father to a daughter or a mother right. to all the above. So to, to go blatantly attack that tradition and a country that we, you know, we started from hunting and gathering and getting stuff to going after it now. I know we, Kaylee has talked and touched on the lead ammo ban. I mean, for for hunting purposes, you're using mostly for you. Are you using mostly copper projectiles? Or are you using a mix of that lead and copper? So I have a mix of you know. It depends on what caliber I'm shooting, but you know, I did switch over to solid copper a few years ago. But just I used it to try it out to see what it what it was, and you know, they they shoot pretty straight. They uh, you know, they hold they retain most of their weight. So I started using them for hogs really, just because. You know, whether you're deer hunting or hog hunting, sometimes there's a giant pig that steps out. And, you know, the first the first time hunting with those rounds, it was a 530-pound pig that stepped out. You know, it didn't even go all the way through that animal. But we got the slug, and, you know, it held 99% of its weight. Um, you know, I'm not familiar with what they're doing with changing all this, all the calibers to solid copper only, but I know that that's happened in the past, and so I think they're just continuing it on. Yeah, so the, the lead ammo ban proposal from the Biden administration, and this is something that um, gets brought up every few years. 
And basically it is limiting what is allowed on BLM land or public land mm. as far as hunting. And so what you have is a lot of people who maybe that's all of the, the ammo that they own, or maybe it's a cost prohibitive reason, or maybe it's just a lack of education, but they're wanting to take away your right to, in many cases, feed your family because they find it environmentally harmful. And uh, GOA has published several things on this, but we actually found that the science just doesn't back up their claim. Um, but even beyond hunting, if you have a lead ammo ban on public land, a lot of people who use that just for shooting sports and, and going out and training, right. they're not going to have access to that. And so there's so many applications and levels on why this is important um, from that perspective. And I don't think that a lot of hunters, I mean, even you yourself know, said that you don't, um, you weren't familiar with it. And so it's, it's so critical that the education happens because they're so sneaky in their attacks and they are counting on us not paying attention. Right. Um, and it's, it's exactly why they have recently attacked hunter education in schools too, um, is they're hoping that we as a populace are just not paying attention. I think that goes back to anything that they do or try to change. I mean, it's, it's trying to sneak something in, but it's not us having to educate ourselves. It's having them uneducated on it, number one. Like you said, what science is backing it up on what kind of lead is doing to the environment out there. I mean, we're talking about tiny little bitty pieces of lead, you know, that's been hunted with for hundreds of years right now. Um, you know, and, you know, just talking about not only them doing that, but I know recently, I don't know exactly when, but I know like Utah banned trail cameras on public land. And then I think Arizona followed in suit, Colorado, didn't they, for like elk hunting and stuff like that. But I think it's just uneducated people up in charge that have no idea of what's actually going on and trying to figure out how to make up a new rule. Yeah, I mean, going after trail cams is it, that it was ridiculous because they did pass it, I believe, in Arizona, <coughs> and I know a lot of my hunter buddies were up in arms about it because a trail cam all essentially do is it's showing you what game is in the area. Yeah, so you can pick out what game you want to hunt ethically, and that's a big part of having, you know, a thermal scope. That's it's an, an ethical way to hunt at night you know the animals and we, we saw not too long ago and specifically in arizona uh, a gentleman did not have a thermal scope and he shot a a, a donkey and if you don't know that's not allowed because he thought it was he thought it was a coyote Ugh. you know and so a big part of you what you guys do even though you know thermal is there but it's part of ethical hunting what goes into educating people about your product and encouraging people to join the hunting tradition um, I think most people that is a hunter, I think they have a love for the animal about as much as they want to harvest that animal. You know what I mean? Like, and I think when they're going back and, and banning trail cams and making it harder to hunt on wildlife managed lands or government managed lands, it's, it kind of goes into what they're doing into our food industry on the attack on the, the livestock industry. And it's making it harder for you to go out and get this animal that grew up in the wild, you know, and keep that tradition that's going on, um, you know, because prior to factories and 
mass-produced livestock and, and things like that, that was how everyone survived, was deer, elk, moose, uh, buffalo, things like that. What a lot of people don't understand is, like, the hunting tradition is there, but it's also there because uh, you pay for your license, right? You right. pay for your tags. You pay for it. That money goes back into those publicly funded lands, into protecting species. It's it's controlling the the herd. It's controlling the, the, the population of this wildlife. I mean, we see in states like Texas and, and other states, the wild hog population is huge. The amount of damage that those animals do right. to crops, to... Uh, livestock to the, even just the the area. I mean, we talk about we touch on wild hogs, but talk about Florida. You know, the iguana population is ridiculous, which is a non-native species. The python population in the Everglades is killing native species. Well, Florida is just crazy. You know well. what I mean? I mean, that's <laughs> they got. I think they got more invasive species than anybody else. Well, I can't talk. I mean, it's the sun. I think the sun kind of fries their brains and they uh, bring in whatever you know, they want. It's the sun lotion. Who knows? <laughs> but those those. I love Florida, though. <laughs> we all. I, I love Florida too. I have no room to talk. I live in Arizona, so the the sun fries my brain most of the time. <laughs> but those non-native species and things like that, which there are no limits, and and we're talking about, you know. Uh, things that hurt, you know, it's ethical, yeah. ethical hunting to get well, rid well, of. Speaking of hogs in Texas, um, recently, I think it was a couple of years ago, they, they changed the rules to where you don't even need a license to go kill pigs. You can come in from Arizona as a non-resident and shoot as many pigs as you want. Daytime, nighttime, machine guns from a truck, from a four-wheeler, it don't matter. As long as you have rights to that property or, or whatever it is that you're hunting on, you can kill as many as you want. Because it's billions of dollars of damage. And that's that's something that affects I mean, a lot of people won't see it that way. They doesn't see they don't see it affect them personally. Um, you know, we don't have wild hogs in Arizona. We have javelina and the javelina aren't as bad. Right. We don't have that kind of thing, but it affects you in ways you don't realize because the pigs will get in and destroy crops and yeah. they'll, do, they'll attack livestock and, and that will affect you in your pocketbook. Yeah. We, we talk about inflation and things like that. And we've, we've touched on the, the proposed thousand percent tax on guns and things like that. Just it, it, you don't know it affects you until you actually look into it. Right. Well, it's like up here in Kansas, there, there's no, there's no hogs up here. So what, problem are they causing to people up here they don't know about it you know it's 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 just a way people look at life a lot of times like if it doesn't bother me it's not bothering anybody type type mindset you know what i mean yeah and i think a lot of a lot of that is <coughs> just a lack of understanding of the ecosystem of how really everyone feeds off mm -hmm. of each other i think a really good example of that is how culture and how hunting culture is represented, whether that is in Hollywood, um, on TV shows, or quite frankly, from state to state where you have a high population of hunters versus a state where you have a low um, population of hunters, how it is demonized. 
um, and how people don't understand that there is mass respect for the animal mm-hmm. and how it is um, always a one shot, one kill. Like that is what everyone is going for. No one wants to see uh, an animal suffer. Right. And so I think there's a, a huge cultural proponent that is is a battle that we're facing within not only the hunting community, but the Second Amendment community. Because while the Second Amendment is not about hunting, hunting is very much about the Second Amendment. And so um, it does require uh, protection when it comes to hunting with a firearm, being allowed to hunt with a suppressor, being able to to have thermals and, and to be able to do it in an ethical way is, right. is so vital to protecting that tradition and also fighting against uh, culture war. Well, you, and you touched on it. You you said we're here in Kansas. The, they don't see the effect of hogs, just like our rights. Uh, the hunters don't see the effect on an assault weapons ban because most of them don't use, they use more of a traditional bolt action or a shotgun. Right. They don't see that until it does affect them, until it comes down to you don't get that right anymore. And that's what people need to understand is that even though it may not affect you at that time, it's still your right to keep and bear arms and to go after an assault weapons ban, which from from your side of the industry would affect your business. Right. You know, it's not knowing or, or letting it happen or, you know, budging that inch. They, if you budge an inch, they're going to take a mile. And we, we've seen that time and time exactly. again. And we've seen it with the first assault weapons ban. Now we're seeing this with the 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 proposed hunter education thing, which has now been pulled back. We've seen it now with the lead ammo ban, the thousand percent tax, the, you keep name. There's so many things, the bump stock, pistol braces, like those don't affect if, if I live somewhere and I don't need a, a brace pistol, I have a 16 inch rifle that doesn't affect me. Right. But it does. Cause if they take one thing, they're going to try to go after others. Mm-hmm. So one step at a time. Yeah. And I, and it's so unfortunate that it that it happens that way, but it is a it is a targeted attack, and they're good at the game that they're playing. They're playing at the the state level when you when you're looking at New Mexico with the governor saying, you know what, you can't carry a firearm open or concealed. We've seen it in. Uh, California, we've seen it in New York, we've seen it in all of these places where they're demonizing um, a firearm. Right. The firearm is always the issue. It's not the criminal. And in so many ways, I think you're you're seeing um, a demonization of of hunting culture to a to a far less extreme. But it is something that we've been seeing uh, across the country, and and that's why I think that they're so terrified of. The, the hunting programs in schools continuing. That's why they're they're terrified of having um, firearm safety courses. It's because it's an on-ramp to understanding the Second Amendment. It's an on-ramp to understanding that this is a right that is constitutionally protected and not government granted. And it is an on-ramp for, okay, well, I really enjoyed hunting. Well, now I now I would like to go and, and practice, and so now I'm I'm target shooting, and then you know what I think I'd like a pistol, and so you get a pistol, and then before you know it, um, you have a, a collection of firearms 
that you should be allowed to have. And right. so it's it's this the fact that they're going after hunting, I think, is more indicative of the fact that they understand that this is an on-ramp to people understanding their Second Amendment rights and utilizing those rights. I'll get off my soapbox now. Yeah. Well, now <laughs> we, kinda, we deep dived into that a little bit. Let's uh let's talk a little bit about uh, your new product. And, and the technology that's there, because it, it's kind of cool, and I've, I've, I've seen it. I looked at it. I know our my, our friend Sean Heron has it and has played with it, and he has nothing but good things to say about it. You know, can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah, man. I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, it's, it's... Like I was saying earlier, it's got its... The first... It's the world's first continuous optical zoom. So it's got the optical zoom magnification feature. No other scope has that right now, which was a big problem in the thermal community. Because as soon as you hit your digital zoom, you go to 2x, 4x, 6x, it cuts your your image resolution in half every time every time you push that button. So some of them guys that are shooting coyotes, say 200, 300, 400 yards, they want to zoom in a little bit. But as soon as you press that button, your your image becomes pixelated and it's just not as clear as it is when it's all the way backed out. But the base mag of, you know, two, three, three and a half, it's, it's you know, you're trying to shoot something at 300 yards with a base mag of three and a half. It's, it's a fairly difficult shot. So with this one, it works on similar to what a, like a first focal plane would do. So the whole image, the reticle, everything gets enlarged as, as one. So everything moves at... at you know, on a scale of one and, um, you know, it can put your image, you know, it keeps that same resolution. So whether you're using the 384 or the 640, you can bring it up from 2.8 base mag to an 8.4 and still keep that 640 clarity, you know, and it's kind of hard to explain because it sounds like we're just putting a magnifier on like a TV screen and it's going to get blurry (laughs) and you'll see all the pixels, but Really, it's something that you got to see because it doesn't lose, you don't lose any, hardly any image clarity when you're, when you're doing like that. Um, you know, and it's got all your other basic features that most high-end thermals have. So it's got the picture-in-picture. Picture. You got eight different reticles, six different colors. You got your four different color palettes. So like your black hot, white hot, red hot, and your rainbow color. Um you know, they run off 18650 batteries, so you can charge it up, have two or three in your pocket. It starts to get dead. You just open the latch, throw one in, and that's your battery change. So it's super easy, super quick. You got three knobs, so basically the turrets, because it's a traditional-looking rifle scope. Um, you got the three turrets, left, right, and top, you know, that all have their own little function that they do, but you're not fumbling with five different buttons in the middle of the night. Um, or if you got gloves on, big thick gloves, you're up north, Pennsylvania, Michigan, whatever, you know, coyote hunting, it gets cold. Um, so wearing big gloves, now you don't have to cut the fingertip off or um, take your gloves off, you know, when it's 20 degrees outside, 10 <laughs> degrees or whatever. You know, they might even think that's warm, but I'm from Texas, so 20's, 20's cold. <laughs> no, that, that is uh, cold. <laughs> but yeah, it's got the picture-in-picture um, recall-activated video, so it'll start recording 10 seconds before the shot once it feels that recoil. Um, it's not going to shut off after a second shot either. It's going to stay on until you turn it off. Um, 
you know, they're IP67 waterproof, dustproof rating. So, I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty durable. I mean, you've felt one, right? Yeah. John? So, I mean, it's pretty sturdy. Uh, it's a really well built optic. It's it's got that nice throw lever for your optical zoom, um, one click to turn your recorder on. I'm trying to think if I left anything else out. You know, what's um, the uh, what's the distance you can see at with it? Because I th- I think Sean says something ridiculous. So the detection range, you know, and that's gonna you know pending weather. You in Arizona is probably gonna see a lot farther than you know somebody in a, a humid day in Georgia. But uh, the 640 is 2,600 yards, and then the 384 is 1,800. That that sounds like a lot for a thermal. Is that, like, the best in the industry? Is it top? It's it's not. I mean, it's not the best, but it's it's up there. It's, it's definitely a contender to be a top performer. That's for sure. So walk us through some of the myths that you hear. Um, from someone on just just thermals in general because you know reddit's a crazy place and and the internet's a crazy place and um, a lot of people make a lot of fancy dancy claims so kind of walk us through some of those myths and and how those play in a biggest myth um like when it comes to, to people hunting with thermals just in general I would say your biggest myth is if you buy a thermal, you're going to see a bunch of animals at night and you're going to be able to kill something really easy, you know, because once you get one, you think you're going to be able to go out into a field and there's going to be 10 animals out there and five of them are coyotes, five of them are pigs, and you're going to have to take your pick on which one you're going to shoot. But once you get out there, you'll you'll find out that thermal hunting is still hunting. It's not just shooting. you got to go out and find them. You know, they're not always going to be there. That's 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 probably one of the biggest ones that I can think of. Thermal has come a long way over Extremely, the last Extremely, yeah. Over the last, you know, what, 10 years? Yeah. Say? Has the popularity increased too? Is that why technology has or is it, has ta- technology advanced and then we're just taking it and putting it in? Popularity has increased a lot. You know, there was some states that that didn't have you weren't allowed to use thermals, now you are. Um some states had a season to where it was only November through March or January through March, and now some of them are year-round or multiple times throughout the year. So it's the thermal world is changing a lot. Like it's 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 a new it's 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 a new it's a new thing. It's it's the new um, I don't know what you would call it. I wouldn't say it's a fad because it's something that's going to be here for a while. It's just the new hot thing that people are getting into, you know, to, cause you're allowed to hunt predators and hogs and things like that in most places year round, like Texas, I know we can hunt, you can hunt them whenever you want really. So when it's out of deer season, which is, you know, October through January or February, but if I still want to hunt, you know, March through August or September or whatever, you know, I'm going on a dove hunt in September, but then I want to bring my thermal to, to do some nighttime hunting for some pigs right before it comes deer season. You know, like Steven, Steven wanted to get rid of those pigs before deer season, you know, so we had the opportunity to be able to do that. Where are you seeing your customer base come from? Is it hunting? Is it more tactical? Is there different applications that can be used with thermal as well? Uh, It seems like it's definitely coming from the hunting industry, like I was saying, where it's allowing people to have an extra opportunity to hunt while their target species, like some some people may like hunting elk or deer 
over nighttime hunting, but they still enjoy nighttime hunting. Some guys might not even care about deer and they want to shoot coyotes and, and duck hunt. You know what I mean? So it's, it's giving them another opportunity to be able to do something, but it's also allowing them to help farmers, you know, protect their property, you know, coyotes and foxes, they, you know, up North, they got a lot of cattle ranches chicken coops, you know, that, that the fox and coyotes can wreak, wreak havoc. You know, they may not have pigs up there, but they do have a huge population of predators that do do enough damage on their own, you know. And so if you're not, if, if there's no hunters able to do that, you're just going to have an overrun population of, of predators because they have no predators, you know what I mean? Um, and it, it, it's... For them up there, predators are like hogs down in Texas. I don't, I don't think they're ever going to go away. It's funny because I grew up in Ohio, and a coyote in Ohio is is big. Right. A, they're they're kind of bigger because they're, they're food source. Now I live in Arizona. A coyote in Arizona, it's like a chihuahua, except <laughs> a little bit bigger. They're they're skinnier, they're smaller, and it's very regional with the the coyotes. But they do. They they wreak havoc on on chicken farms. They wreak havoc on cattle. Sometimes they go after calves. They go after and cattle, any, sheep, goats. Yeah. I mean, whatever whatever they got. The technology has advanced so rapidly. <clears throat> where where's the next big advancement with thermal technology? Are we seeing through walls? <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever see through walls. I, d- I did see that those computers were seeing through walls with the Wi-Fi. Did y'all see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see so, that. I don't know. Something crazy might happen. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I don't think we'll see through walls. Um, it, it's, it's you know, what people don't realize is it's, it's a digital optic. Like, it's a computer. Like, you're looking at a computer screen, the internals of everything. It's a computer. It's like your cell phone. Where were we in, you know, 2005 with cell phones to today? So, now imagine, you know, the thermal... Thermal world kind of kicked off like what, like five years ago, you know, now where are we going to be in the next 10? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, if, if you're not making something new, <clears throat> you know, if you're staying the same and not growing, you're, you're sinking. So everybody is going to be on that track to what can we do? How can we fix this? How can we make this better? How can we solve these problems? Um, you know, and I think it's going to get crazy, honestly, to where it's going to be like looking out and it's you're looking through your thermal. It's like you're looking at daytime and it's it's going to be crazy. The picture clarity. I feel like the optical zoom and optical zoom magnification are fixing to take over because that was like the the biggest and main problem to solve in the thermal world. And, you know, there's a few other optics out there that do have that type of you know, an optical zoom magnification, but I think that type, better resolution, better sensors, and it's just going to be insane to see what it's, what it's going to do. I mean, it's already been insane over the past five, 10 years of what we can do. And that's what we'd like to see in the 2A community. You know, the, the big thing we've seen over the last year, we have nine million new gun owners. Nine. That's a, a large, it, the one of the largest increases in gun ownership in decades, and to 
be able to share that passion for hunting and pass it on to your buddies and pass it on, you know, that's what the Second Amendment community is all about, is going out, taking somebody to have a new experience, a new fun experience, and try something that they would have never tried before. Right. And and to be able to get into it at a price point like you guys have is just bringing more people into that side of the community so that way we have more people on our side to fight for our rights. Right. Well, I mean, like our, like you were talking about the, you know, the educating younger guys, you know, younger kids, you know, my son, I'm going to give him one of the, one of our T20s. It's the digital daytime night vision scope. So it can run in the daytime. It basically looks like your, like your phone screen um, inside there. So I can link it to my phone with Wi-Fi, and I can basically see what he's aiming at or, or, you know, give him instructions on where he needs to be aiming or holding that reticle, you know, and, and teaching him hunting through a different way versus, you know, the extra trial and error of, ah, you missed, you know, <laughs> you, you should have moved it to the left, you hit a little to the right, you know. I can already coach him while he's looking through the optic itself, you know, and aiming his rifle. As someone who has been there and done that with my father, yes, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot more helpful and a lot less headaches. You right. Know. But um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, you know, Ryan, thank you for joining us and, and giving some us some um, insight into the thermal optic world. Yeah, yeah. Where can people find you guys? Social media, website, all that other stuff, and any new products that you want to kind of hint at or announce coming up. We got a few products coming out here soon. We will have a rangefinder by the end of the year, is what I'm told, um, and we should have a few more optics by February. So we'll be announcing those soon. But if you do want to find us, you know, ricks-nv.com, and then look us up on our socials. We're gonna have a dealer locator here soon on our website, so you'll be able to find where to get these. You know, or you can reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at ricks ricks nv. Perfect. And uh, we want to thank you and, and your team for the optic that we just recently gave away with our with our hunting giveaway here. <coughs> it is much appreciated and it's a way to get uh, more people involved in this side of the community. Yeah. No, I appreciate you all having me on. Thank you for watching this episode of State of the Second. If you enjoyed it, please leave a five star review or hit that thumbs up and subscribe. You can also find us on social media at State of the Second with second spelled out. And if you're not a GOA member, please consider joining by visiting gunowners.org.